Um, oh, do you want some? Am I, are we recording? I did hit go. Oh. Random drama. Not drama. Gossip. Mm. Well, do you want everyone we listen to to hear it? <laughs> we can get it out. Well, it's just like not that important. You're not even going to care that much. Okay. Um, well, my favorite kind of drama is drama that has nothing to do with me. Sophie and I'm Maddie and welcome to Single Best Scene. This week's episode Insecure. Insecure. Yeah this week we're going to talk about Insecure. So what why did you start watching the show? I just started watching it because there's a lot of buzz around it and um, people said it was good and so yeah. It like sold. Got to it. Yeah I was like okay I should give it a try and you know I'm always trying to um chase my HBO shows in hopes of one day putting a pause on my <laughs> additional $15 a month HBO account but that has yet to uh yet to happen for me but uh, what about you it's so true like you like pay for the additions and you gotta like watch I'm always like what Showtime documentary can I watch because like I force my right? parents to pay yeah. for Showtime I'm like I, I gotta get keep my, my dollars worth Mm-hmm. Um, so I started watching it this summer with everything going on with the protests and I just realized my what I was watching was not diverse at all. And so mm-hmm. I was like, I really want to diversify. And someone was like, if you're looking to diversify, watch Insecure, like do something easy. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, shit, I watch all of this TV. How hard would it be for me to watch, to like just right. diversify my shows, which I've really made like a very conscious effort to because I didn't even realize I was doing it. I was like, I can stop rewatching One Tree Hill for the 15th time <laughs> and maybe watch right. a show. And then I ended up like loving Insecure, so- yeah it was a it was a huge win but I did and also there was just so much buzz about the show and I think the summer as I was starting it season four was ending so it was like I was just hearing about how great Yvonne did and the role of Molly and then she got an Emmy nomination and it was like well we both have to watch this and we have to cover it even though mm-hmm. we started watching it independently yeah so true which is rare for a show like this where we I think this is only other happened with like single parents where we both texted each other like I think you'd like this and it was like yeah no I'm already like I'm actually farther right. like correct I'm somehow watching it it's like insecure and single parents um what a, what a crossover right. um so going back to the pilot what were your thoughts on that um yeah um yeah my I gave it an eight out of ten it was good you know when me, I was down to keep watching um yeah you know it was a solid episode I don't know what do you think yeah I agree I gave it um, a 9 out of 10 and I actually rarely say this but like after rewatch after watching the season 4 finale and going straight into the pilot I actually think that should be required watching for everybody because it's such an interesting depiction of like the Lawrence and Isha Issa relationship where it starts now knowing what mm-hmm. Lawrence was going through because obviously this is through Issa's perspective so um that alone like kind of made it like worth for the podcast at least rewatching the pilot and and seeing how smart these showrunners are and how they really like watching the first episode in the season finale you they felt like the same characters they just made growth instead of like who the fuck is that person which I feel like on a lot of shows it's like you can't even recognize them they're all super recognizable and actually it made me when we talk about the fight between Molly and Issa, which I'm sure we'll talk about because it was a huge part of season four. 
rewatching the pilot, I was like, you know what? I am on Molly's side. Like I am 100% team Molly on that, on that fight. And apparently the internet was like, very not. Really? The internet, like reading. Oh yeah. It was interesting reading all of the articles today about the way press covered it. And like, apparently there's like a hashtag, like Lawrence hive where like everybody what? like kind of hated on Issa in the beginning and was all like team Lawrence, which, you know, I'm watching the show now felt like I was so unique rooting for Lawrence against Daniel, but apparently that's the case. And then also people started like really hating on Molly, which like, yeah, she, I'm really jumping ahead, but in the first episode when Issa like forces her to go to the club so she can see Daniel and do all this stuff, but like framing it and like, you need to get out girl. Like you just got dumped. Like I'm going to treat you to the night at the club and then not factoring in Molly at all. I'm like, that's their real, like that's the, their friendship in a nutshell. And I think why it needed this big break. It's like Issa thinks she's doing a nice thing that's actually Mm self-serving and Molly doesn't, and Molly's smart enough to know that it's self-serving. Yeah, and then no, she's yeah, quick. Sure. Molly's quick to anger in some of these instances, so then it just blows up. Yeah, but that's why it was so crazy to watch after like you know, f- ten episodes of them fighting to go back and watch the pilot and see them fight again in the episode. I was like, okay, this is like more of a theme than I thought whenever I was watching it the first time, because it just felt like I was being like emotional for them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's um, so true. I, I really enjoyed it. I think it's a great show. Um, the pilot, I think, really does sell the show on why people should watch it. And, like, the We Got Y'all introduction and, like, Issa's world starting at her 29th birthday. I just felt like we were, like, immediately introduced to the characters without feeling overwhelmed. Like, in some shows, yeah. when I watch the pilot, it's either, like, I don't need your resume. Or when I'm watching the pilot, I'm, like, I, I need to know who you are. Like, I don't know who this character is that I'm supposed to be following what I was telling you earlier with like sex education I'm like I literally didn't know it was the same person so I thought they did a really good job of like introducing characters without over introducing them like I still wanted to get to know them more yeah I agree my favorite character wasn't even in the freaking pilot so I was like I gotta (laughs) you gotta keep watching um so let's pop into some of the the bits and jokes that they have on the show do you want to do you want to go first um yeah sure I have sort of a longish list that's good this is my shortest list so okay so so some of the runners um that I loved were the reality tv that everyone was watching all the time and for the first I think two seasons or three they were watching due north and I think it was just season two it wasn't one also Mm-mm. okay I mean so, maybe I don't know um all I know is like at, at some point it switches to um the show where they're like looking for that girl it's looking like for Latoya Latoya that's right yeah it was due north which was like the parody show and show about a love story between a slave played by Regina Hall and her owner played by Scott Foley which you know we love Scott Foley here but yeah it was just it was funny every time and it was funny that everybody you know, was like keeping up with the drama, even the boys. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Watch it. it was just like funny and re- and something that doesn't really get pointed out about pop culture very much, I think, is like what's on TV, right? Like, I completely understand. Like, I completely agree. Like, we sit around and talk about shows, but but characters never do. 
Yeah, right. And so exactly. it's like this was like a very nice way um to do yeah. it. And then yeah, the looking and without for- like dating the show of being like, wow, I can't believe Colton like mm-hmm. that girl off this week, you know. So I didn't date it because it was like show and show. So yeah, the- I thought that was really clever. Um the looking and for- then sorry, but uh-huh. before we move on, the looking for Latoya uh-huh. scat or the thing before they <laughs> When they were doing the press conference and it was the two white police officers that were talking about LaToya being last seen in front of whatever. And then they show a picture of a Toyota. And the no. the reporter in the audience was like, um, we're looking for a woman named LaToya, not a Toyota. And they were like, no further questions at this time. I like spit out my water. I was laughing so hard. I was like, this is so good. Yes. I was like, what so the good. fuck? Um, and it, I mean, that just plays on like our... Um, you know, general like our current fixation, probably always fixation with like disappearances and murders and all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because yeah. I was like, how are they going to top to North? And then the looking for Latoya and like how they were all watching like on their phones and like avoiding <laughs> spoilers for it. Yes. <laughs> They're like, she's never going to get found. Yeah. And other people's like other characters like throw away comments about being like, they're still never going to find that find girl. <laughs> <laughs> like they're still looking for her, huh? Right. Like yes. Like it was like what they could talk about like when they like start like first started to get a drink. It was like, man, you like have you been following Latoya? Which is like so true. It's so like, relatable, how- yeah. Are, like, did you hear what other? the cousin said last yeah. night <laughs> like, yeah it was brilliant <laughs> I love it yeah but I, I mean to the point about the like Toyota LaToya thing um I mean I feel like nothing on this show Issa did on coincidence like everything I think is mm-hmm. super pointed and I know people like make the comparison to Fleabag all the time but I do think they're pretty similar in the sense that the star is also a director, producer, or like whatever has some like hand in actually how the show gets put together. And so it just does make it like way tighter of a show and mm-hmm. more thoughtful, even if it's like, you know, you can take it from the surface level, but you also like aware, like <laughs> nothing is an accident. Oh, a hundred percent. And like on other shows, showrunners will leave, but when you created mm-hmm. the show and it's like your right. Baby, mm-hmm. you just are a little bit more, I think, focused on right. making sure the story is told how you wanted. And like, mm-hmm. I think she always planned, you know, she had always planned for the, some of these things and then worked in the, the smaller bits. But the, right. I yeah, the LaToya thing was <laughs> so, so good. Um, then the next one I have is young, uh, sorry, Thug Yoda, Yoda the <laughs> um, neighbor who doesn't use C words because and I quote, this is a blood house. Um, but <laughs> they managed to every time he was on screen for all the all, 10 seconds, he was on screen mm-hmm. and had dialogue, like managed to put C words in. Like, oh, like when he went up to Kelly and was like, you beaut. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like over and over again, like every time. So, and it was just small enough where like, you would forget for a second that that was his character, like Twitch, but then mm-hmm. he would say something and you would like, after he had already exited stage left, you'd be like, oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so good. So funny. Um, And then the last one I have for runners is Issa being the only white person in her office. And black. we'll get into like- She was the only black person Later. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. She, she, everyone was white except for her. She was Mm -hmm. the only non-white person in the room. And well, I mean, we'll get to it later, but 
about We Got Y'all and the whole thing, I, it was definitely one of the things in the pilot that I was like, oh, this show is going to be like very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. Like when they were like asking her what on fleek meant, she was like, I don't know. And then her head, she was like, I know I'm not telling y'all. I was like, that's good. Like, okay. So we're going to yes. get some fourth wall breaking where Great. she's like talking to herself, which is us. Mm-hmm. To us. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and then, okay. So in episode or season one, episode eight, um, I'm actually not sure if Issa says this or if Molly says this, but um, one of them goes, oh, new Molly sabotages her life on purpose. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's like gone through some breakup. It's like, oh, this is new Molly. And I'm like, relatable. Like, yep. I think Molly said it about herself. I don't know. But um, hilarious. Also, I have no context for this, but I wrote it down. So I'm going to say it. Molly screams, fuck you. Oh, 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 sorry, girl. Worst case scenario, I was just trying to keep you woke, which I have no context for that. But um, Molly screaming, fuck you, and then being like, oh, lol, <laughs> like, is just funny. I don't know who she was talking to. I'm assuming Isa. Yeah, I mean, the only other person I, I think, think it was in season one. I was going to say the only other person that I can imagine her yelling, fuck you, to was in season four when she yelled it to Andrew's brother. Andrew. Yeah, no, no, no. Which it was, I was like one for jaw sure. on the ground. <laughs> Seriously. No. Um, then um the lawyer friend from Chicago, mm-hmm. um Molly's Mo- Molly's coworker, I guess, when he said, um, I have the body of a preacher, I <laughs> spit out my water. I was like, but you literally <laughs> do. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny and so self-aware I was like no he like really looks like a preacher like could just walk straight into any church and start talking and people would like follow him believe him yeah. um yeah and then um I just think LA is funny in general like I don't get it and it definitely was like I mean uh what show did we watch it wasn't girl boss was oh dollface Dolphins. Um, also set in LA and these give me similar vibes where it's like I feel like I need to have institutional knowledge of LA and I in fact don't understand one single goddamn thing about LA and um, so this one I didn't feel as strongly about but um, again nothing is on accident and I they do make fun of LA a lot in the show mm-hmm. I think I don't a lot of it goes over my head because again like I just don't like I'm not getting the joke because I don't understand anything about LA culture but um, in one scene Issa and Lawrence are standing in their apartment together and she is wearing a mini skirt and a halter top and like sandals and he's wearing slacks and a turtleneck sweater Mm -hmm. and it's like the same day for everybody yeah yeah (laughs) like the weather here does not make sense there's no seasons nobody knows what to do um (laughs) I will say it's a very specific shot of LA which is maybe why it didn't bother you as much as Dolphins mm-hmm. because Issa's from like Issa mm-hmm. Ray is from Los Angeles and she like similar to how Issa wanted to do the blog party in the show I think she mm-hmm. wanted to write like a love letter-esque and, to Inglewood, her right? hometown e- Eagle Inglewood Inglewood I think it's an yeah. I okay. but it's yeah yeah Inglewood and like the Brentwood area which all I know about that is that's where OJ Simpson definitely murdered or quote-unquote allegedly murdered his ex-wife allegedly, but like quote-unquote <laughs> But, like, he wrote a chapter called If I Did It. So he probably did it. So. <laughs> but anyway. Anyway, so, that's all I know about Brentwood. 
<laughs> then we've got season three where um molly is in therapy and the therapist and molly's like you know it's like the end of her session or whatever and you know the therapist as usual is like desperately trying to help molly and molly is desperately avoiding being helped mm-hmm. um my favorite part about her therapy is like she didn't want to be therapized like mm-hmm. she literally i've never seen anybody in a therapy session who didn't want any help at all more than mm-hmm. molly <laughs> well she just like, like, she wanted to be going. fixed well she just wanted right. to work she just right. didn't want to do the work <laughs> She just didn't want to do any of the work at all. But, you know, she's trying to do the whole, like, single narrative controlled explanation of whatever to the therapist, which is, of course, such bullshit. The therapist, you know, is always like, this is bullshit. You're only telling me, like, half the story. And Mm -hmm. the therapist kind of pushes her. And then Molly has some sort of, like, exasperated, like, well, blah, 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 and this and this and this and this and this. And maybe it's because of, like, Drell and, like, da, da, da. And the therapist goes, wait, who's Dro? And... (laughs) Like, it was, like, it had been a, pro- like, this guy had been in Molly's plot for, like, half a season already, and the- she had not told the therapist about him at all, and I was just like, oh my god, Molly, you're unbelievable, like, unbelievable that you're paying for these sessions when you're- you can't be getting anything out of them, and then when Issa becomes a property mm-hmm. manager, like, landlord yeah. type thing, or, uh, super, she kind of becomes, like, a part-time superintendent. Right. Um. And she has to deal with that woman who lives upstairs, the thin woman, (laughs) who's, like, always doing the most. Um, She's thinking for son at the block party. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, she's funny all the time, but there's a particular scene where she comes downstairs, or she's shouting at Issa from, like, she's upstairs on a balcony, and Issa's downstairs, and she starts shouting about, like, you need to come up because there's spirits in my apartment like there's like there's ghosts in here something like that and Issa goes actually I'm a ghost (laughs) the woman goes oh no I don't fuck with ghosts and like goes away like like that is how Issa solves her problem of like (laughs) not having to deal with her I was like fucking hilarious switches actually I'm a ghost. I'm not real. (laughs) She was a great, like, bit player in that, like, I think she was only in, like, maybe four scenes of the show, and um, the one where she's at the block party and her son, and they come up and they're like, what the fuck is this? And the girl's, like, tap, someone's tap dancing on stage, and he's like, she's like, my son could do this. Get up there, tap dance. And he says, like, stop, like, stop. And, like, when the water turns off and she just brings everybody into her apartment, Issa's apartment, and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, it's not what, this isn't a community oh. meeting. <laughs> yeah, no, she's, she's amazing. Um, they don't overuse side characters, which is nice. Yeah. Um, like her and young thug, young thug Yoda. Right. Like they really are like. So that they're just, funny. Right. They're like throwaway side characters. Like we're not invested in them anyway. And there's no backstory that we need to keep track of. Mm-hmm. Um, when Molly is on Molly, which first of all is funny. <laughs> And even when they're like introducing, I think that this is all in the Coachella episode, but I'm not positive. It could be at like a different pool party. They go to a lot of like day drinking, but like yes. clubby, like vague, very Vegas vibes to me, which maybe that's again, just LA. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not really sure, but Molly introduces herself. Mm-hmm. You know, she's like, and you know, Issa's like Issa and Molly's like Molly. And um, the guy was like, oh, like, like, is that what we're doing? Like, I've, I've got some Xanax. And she's like, no, like, 
my name is Molly. <laughs> <laughs> And then later, when she's like, (laughs) they take Molly, and later it's like, Molly and Molly, she says, I've been through a lot, like life and stuff. (laughs) Okay, Alexis. (laughs) Like, Like, say Molly. That's what she's like, Molly Molly squared. It's amazing for like to think, and that like gives me hope for like my future drunk post pandemic self that like Molly dated Andrew after meeting him on Molly. That I'm like, yes you know what maybe they'll just stick around for me There's whenever hope. I'm just for, hope for sure <laughs> yeah um then when Lawrence has his like moment of like I'm gonna go to church and he asks his roommate if he wants to go with him and at first roommate's like why the fuck are you going to church and then the roommate's like actually they're mad bitches at church <laughs> and then agrees to go because there's women there I was like lol oh, Chad um the girls friend group ghost account is also like round of applause for that mm-hmm. um they're like uh and on account and then um isa says to molly i don't know why you're trying to annalise keating your coworkers, <laughs> <laughs> which like i didn't even get the joke but i just think it's funny that annalise keating was a reference point <laughs> like set them up for murder <laughs> i don't know like i didn't watch enough of that show to know I think um and then I have a couple from season four um one of them where Lawrence's friends once they realized that um Issa he was like is it a problem that like my new girlfriend and my old girlfriend are now working together Mm -hmm. um his guy friends say they're gonna start a podcast about your dick and I was (laughs) like (laughs) they will they will like you don't even know um and then when andrew says to molly in a scene like she's they're deciding whether they should go to maybe to the block party um to -hmm. something like they're they're at molly's apartment and and they're she's getting ready and he said (laughs) andrew says just put that leotard on and let's go and (laughs) And Molly goes, um, it's a jumpsuit, Andrew. <laughs> Again, I was like, Alexis. <laughs> also relatable. I'm like, yes. There um, was another like LA throwaway when Molly was getting ready. She's like, what do I even wear to a block party in January? And Andrew was like, yes. it's Los Angeles. It's always 70 degrees. Wear whatever you would wear any other time. Any other time. It's yes. like, that's how I picture Los Angeles. Yeah, same. Um, then Kelly pretending to be British for that man <laughs> <laughs> is like a chef's kiss perfect um so funny um and everyone kind of going along with it but also very much not going along with it um like wasn't it Issa's brother who was like giving her a really hard time about it like, I didn't where in London exactly this- are you from and then whenever he was like, so it's a mall. And I have that as like one of my random things is just like their non-friendship is so funny. And he'll be like, Issa, you look beautiful. Molly, that jumper, like great. And then he's like, Kelly, wearing a coat. And like they just like, he's yes. just always like reads her. But in that one, when he was like, what are your feelings on Brexit? And she's like, oh, that's boring, whatever. Let's talk about American <laughs> politics. That's more fun. And the guy that she's trying to oppress is like, yeah, yeah. We have two oh, yes. branches of government. One of them is the president and the other one's the Bank of America. And you see, <laughs> he's like, and they control all of our money. The Bank of America does. And it's like, you see Kelly and Amal kind of like give each other a look being like, he's so stupid. Like, he's so fucking stupid. 
That was amazing. <laughs> and then actually, I think after that, Amal says, did you go to school? <laughs> like, something like that. Like, oh my God. Yeah, that just, exchange was per- like so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she said then, she was from Poppycock. He was like, where are you from in London? And she was like, Poppycock. Poppycock. What? He's like, where's that? She's like, south of London. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, at the end of that episode, uh, or sometime towards the end of the episode, Issa says to her her intern, you should definitely go to the hospital. And the intern says, well, I don't have health insurance. So no. (laughs) (laughs) Relatable. And then they so were like, I'm, is she I'm not gonna go? I think Nathan <laughs> yeah. was like, Is she good to drive? And Issa was like, I'm not paying her, so I can't complain. Right. <laughs> like, I gotta stay out of it. <laughs> it's like it's on her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also just like throwaway comment was that Andrew is like the Costco brand Charles Melton. That's all I have to say. <laughs> well, if we're also gonna do that, Matt Andrew? James is the Costco brand of Lawrence. I was watching Lawrence in that turtleneck yes. sweater yesterday, and I was like. Matt James has just like showed the like the people for those who don't watch Matt James is a bachelor um and Charles Melton is in Riverdale check it out it's extremely popular both of those shows are they don't need you our PR both but these shows are. yeah please pay us for press Riverdale and the bachelor but um I just think Matt went into his like production meeting and was like here's a picture of Lawrence from Insecure and that's mm-hmm. what I want to look like every episode the we're just gonna go for like, Lawrence we're just gonna go vibe. for yeah like the random I mean not random it's like fashion but the like mock turtleneck plaid mm-hmm. blazer Muted that colors, both of them yeah. wear um mm-hmm. I don't know if Lawrence would ever be caught dead in that like Barney purple turtleneck that he wore this week probably but not. um probably not there's some messes but yeah I was like what's the nicest way of saying that Matt's just like a knockoff Lawrence or jail truly like wow. um emotionally um unsure baggage included Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so but, I, yeah, that's all. I, I did less like quotes, which now I'm regretting after hearing all of yours because I've pretty, I could have written out so many more. But uh, one of the rappers, I mean, the runners, show is just like so quotably funny. Yes, <laughs> one of them that I have, I didn't type out, which I don't know why. Maybe because I like did this on my work computer and just didn't want to. I don't know. But um, when when they're trying to get Molly to call Andrew back when he takes her jacket from Coachella, but she doesn't want to get back together with him. Yes. And they're all sitting around and they're like, you, and Issa's like, you should really give Andrew a call. And Kelly's like, which one's Andrew, the Asian one or the black guy? And um, <laughs> Molly's like the Asian one. And Kelly goes, good. I've been fucking the black one. Like, like a lot. It's <laughs> like, what would you have done if it was the black wasn't. guy? wasn't. <laughs> I don't know why I that know. line, like, I had been kind of like not wanting to finish the season as much. Like I was just dragging my feet to get to finish it. And that like line, like gave me the shot of adrenaline that I needed to finish the show. Like I I also just like love Kelly. Everything she says is amazing. I literally on my notes just says anything Kelly says. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anything. When they're at the end of season one and, or maybe it's like, I think, I don't know. I think when they're in Malibu, and Issa says, do you ever listen to yourself? And Kelly says, all the time I have a podcast. And I was like, <laughs> relatable. <Yes. laughs> uh, when she gets tased at Coachella and she's laying on the floor oh God, yes. and she just yells, yes. remember me different. <laughs> <'Cause she's> like, <laughs> yes. 
Yes. Um, oh my god, wait, later, even when she's like starting a fight in the street in uh-huh. the four finale, and she's like, I've been tased. You can't mess with me. I dare you to tase me again. And it's like, stop, we don't we're not we're not at the tasing point of this. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know why this is the only other one. So I found four ones that's like every time Kelly made us laugh in season one, two, three, and four. And I'll put screen grabs of those on our Instagram um, or, you know, have 9,000 people follow us between now and the episode comes out and I'll do a swipe up link. But um, so that people can just watch like full compilations of Kelly being Mm -hmm. hilarious because the other one that I have is a really random one. And I have no clue why this is the one I wrote down, but it's when... Um, it's at Derek's birthday party when Lawrence it's like the shittiest birthday it's like the birthday oh party God, from hell yes. like everything is wrong about this birthday party but we love a dinner we but love we a dinner love a dinner <laughs> they always come through like but so like all of this commotion's going on and nobody really wants to be there but nobody can say they don't want to be there right and she's cutting the cake and Kelly goes is that carrot cake do you hate us <laughs> <laughs> why I wrote that one down um and then I only have like a few other ones um because you mentioned a lot of them the Issa rapping to herself I think was such a fun through line um runner of the show mm-hmm. anytime Issa gets roasted by those we got y'all kids um yes. I think it's very funny the power dynamic when a child insults an adult yes. like one time I was in when I was in Haiti one of the kids there like eight years ago asked me if I was pregnant and I said no and she said oh so you're just fat and I just thought I can't hit a kid also I was just like what do I come and I just like they're like so specifically insulting mean yeah (laughs) I was like okay I was like no I'm good I'm good thank you though like that's so sweet babies are fun it gets like you just don't know what to do yeah and so I really enjoyed and that was like in the pilot that they like put Issa like so far back on her like where you're like oh I'm gonna take you can't scream what the fuck to a child Mm -hmm. um you already talked about Thug Hoda, you, Yoda. You talked a little bit about the ghost account, but what I thought was the funniest part of that ghost account was when Issa breaks into Nathan's room and she's trying to crack her, his password and she oh thinks it's her name. Her name. <laughs> oh my God, Issa. Like, Issa. Girl, it's Y'all been not dating your, for three seconds. It's not your name. Um, but those are all the ones that I wrote down just because I figured we would have a lot of conversation in the other ones about this let's go into heartbreak scene mm-hmm. what did you have um so as, um as i scene? i wrote two down um one was uh i think that this is at the end of season when does when do lord when do they go to the beach house they have that horrible beach trip is that season one still mm-hmm. that's the finale of season one where they the malibu yeah, yeah. Um, so in the season one finale, when Issa thinks is is like feels like she needs to rush back to her apartment because she's hoping to meet Lawrence there because she's decided that she like wants to try and get back together, mm-hmm. and um, she gets back and realizes that he's like moved out. Um, I know, and he left the Best Buy shirt, which is the only the job he got just to prove mm-hmm. he was like worth being with her. Yeah. Ugh so sad Lawrence Hive I see it I mean I, now that I can see now I know it existed I see it <laughs> I'm a part of it I would have been I mean I was never while. like anti-Lawrence but um I also like empathized with her like yeah, yeah it would be so hard to support your boyfriend for four years 
years mm-hmm. yeah like that would just be so hard especially when she also like didn't exactly love her job so it, it wasn't a good situation but um and then the other one I have is from season four when um Issa and Molly Aaron like I guess the worst part of their big fight after the block party um when she goes to the restaurant and and Molly's already there Mm-hmm. and doesn't go in and decides to just like that it's like not worth the the confrontation or whatever or whatever that she doesn't deal with it whatever mm-hmm. her reason is she doesn't go in um and I mean like it was tough it was really sad from Issa's perspective and then in the next episode when we actually see that Molly saw her first mm-hmm. and I don't necessarily think that I don't think Molly did anything wrong. She kind of did nothing and mm-hmm. kind of put it in Issa's like ballpark, which is like, I think fair because Issa was coming into the restaurant. Like what would Molly really have done other than like wave at her? Like that right. would be weird. Um, well, since like, they were because, in this fight. because she saw her so early too. It would have been like her having to just like stare at the door until Issa saw her. Yeah. Like it wasn't like the door opened and they looked mm-hmm. or whatever. Right, like, exactly. And yeah, I mean, I think I think, I think Molly's that, biggest like crime in that was just acting like that. That didn't affect her when like it preying did on the phone. a lot. Yeah, but the um, amount of times that I'll see someone and be like, "Don't want to talk," like well, and they had like just had this big fight, and like you know, Molly thinks that she's right all the time, and so I don't. I like I don't whatever anyway it was just sad though because it was like you know that is just so tough when -hmm. you're not sure how to apologize or like move on forward and it's like they actually like both even just that they both like their comfort food is the same restaurant Mm -hmm. but like you know they are so close or like were in the past um they have all this history I guess is what that sort of means they have all this history and like sort of like how are they going to move forward from this mm-hmm. um but anyway those are my two what are yours I completely agree so I have three but two of them are like similar well whatever um so on the smaller front of heartbreak scenes Andrew and Molly's breakup really got me I think probably because she one Yvonne was acting her ass off in that scene when she was crying and two um him asking like why like what are you fighting for like what part of this breakup mm-hmm. and she like couldn't answer him yeah and the like argument and like I've, I've talked about this a ton and like our friend groups or whatever but it's like the um you can't just stay with someone because you've put a lot of time into a relationship and so like that she started with that I was like they're I love Andrew and Molly together but they can't yeah. she just thinks her life's more interesting than his and more important than his and right and that was like, yeah work, like but she man, needs to like do some work uh-huh before well, she, like I mean she didn't want to go She's just not a good partner. No, not yet. Like I think it's because like she didn't want to go. She could be though. She will be. I'm confident that she will be. But like when she didn't want to go to the basketball game with the brother, but then expected him to stay at her work event, I was like, girl, you gotta give. Right. And when she immediately was like, why would you put me in a position where I'm uncomfortable? I was like, you were right in the message of what you were saying in that fight, but wrong in the execution. Like you shouldn't have fuck off and then never seen him again. Like. Yes, right. I do think that woman was being racist, talking about the Talcine Mexico fight. But then 
you going so hard at the brother and then leaving put Andrew in a really shitty situation and she never acknowledged that. Right. It's like, how can you not think of how this is now playing into Andrew's life? Right. And like not going to the basketball game, I think to me was the final straw in their relationship. She just didn't know it. Mm -hmm. Because I think had she gone and buried the hatchet and like moved on, because that's like fucking awkward. Nobody wants to walk into a fight without the person that caused the fight. But like you're on the person's side. It's like so awkward. Like when you like fighting with a sibling and then they don't go and you still show up to the family thing, you're like, sorry guys, I'm here. No, they're not here. So like we can't talk shit about them, but also no one can fucking talk about it. So awkward. So um, that was just heartbreaking because like you could see Molly loved him. I just don't think she knew how to do it. Um, Right. Another just kind of small scene when Issa told, so it's in season four when Lawrence and Issa go on their like not a date date to see if it's going to be a date and they like no holds bar talk about their relationship and the the fallout of that but specifically the line where she says I used to sit in my car and drive around because I didn't want to come home and like how hard that hits Lawrence because he didn't realize it was that bad um that got me but Mm -hmm. when I cried okay when you cried I cried yeah um I might have cried more than once but when Lawrence told Issa he was having a baby and the way it was intercut <sighs> with Condola telling Lawrence. So it would be like Condola yes, to were Lawrence and then and Issa's reaction yes. and then mm-hmm. Issa saying something and then Condola's reaction. Because because her reaction was the same, same as, as his. I mean, one, it was hard. Which was crazy. I love yeah. them so much. And this is not my single best scene, but I do think this was the single best scene shot of the show. Like the yes. different, rea- like the way they told that story through all three of their questions and all three of their reactions. When she was like, what are you going to do? Are you going to keep it? And then it's Condola being like, we have to, I'm going to keep it, but you don't have to be a part of it. And her right. being like, this isn't what I want. And Condola being like, I know it's not what you wanted. Like, this isn't what we planned for. I was like, holy shit. This show is next level brilliant. Yes. Um, like just the entire, oh, so good. And like, I think what I enjoyed the most about that specific, and this is kind of jumping ahead into B plots a little bit, but we'll go back. Don't worry, our loyal listeners. I mean, we can go ahead. Point. Um, <laughs> we can reorganize. We can reorg. Um, but kind of jumping ahead then for, so I used to say this all the time with One Tree Hill, and it's true for a lot of shows where like, for all our loyal uh, One Tree Hill listeners, you'll really get this metaphor, but when Lucas was not dating Peyton, there was nothing wrong with the other girl, Lindsay, that he dated. She just wasn't Peyton. I feel like that was Condola's problem in this scenario is like, and for the viewer too, there was nothing wrong with her. She just wasn't Issa. And Lawrence had finally become the person he wanted to be in the relationship with Issa, right? Like, yeah, he became the man he thought Issa deserved and Issa became the woman she thought Lawrence deserved. So it was like their timing matched up and it was not Condola's fault that it was just the wrong timing for her and Lawrence. Like I firmly believe had Lawrence dated her earlier or later, he would stay with Condola. Like I do think that him and Issa are soulmates, but like there's nothing wrong with her except she's not Issa. So for their relationship to end in a way where they have to stay in each other's life forever is just like extra heartbreaking. Yeah. Because if Issa was out of the picture, there's nothing that would prevent them from being happy and together. Well, except for he also took this job in San Francisco. After they broke up. I'm saying like, had, yes, for sure. He was like wanting to move on and like do all the stuff with his career and like move that forward. I'm just saying like, I could see a world where Issa and Lawrence never even thought about rekindling Condola, never asked the question, what would have happened if she wouldn't have cheated? 
and Condola would have like moved with him to San Francisco or he wouldn't have applied for the job in San Francisco. I just think there's nothing more heartbreaking than just not being the person that that person needs, but everything else about your relationship being right. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's quickly, quickly say our turning point so that we can really get into the meat of this episode, which is going to be our B plots. Um, yeah, honestly, I'm pretty sure that the turning point that made me like actually want to watch the show, um, was, um, when we realized was, um, when we realized that Issa was the only black person working at our office, mm-hmm. like that was it for me. I was like, cause the rest of it, I was like, okay, Molly. Yes. Like love her friend, Molly. Love that Molly has a real job. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I get it that she's living with Lawrence. Like, okay. Her job is like sort of whatever, but yeah, the like institutional, like her being, I was like, okay, this show is like, I'm in, like, they're taking this whole thing very seriously. This is very funny. And, like, they're playing the long game, mm-hmm. you know? When they set things up like that, it's like, they're playing the long game, and this is going to be a thought-out show. And, um, yes, I was right. <laughs> what yeah. about you? I think mine was the first time she wraps in the mirror <sighs> and, like, puts different lipsticks on and then takes different personalities with the lipsticks. I was like, okay, like, she's funny. And also, yes. this is kind of, like, her version of the flea bag looking at the camera so I was like that's a unique twist on yeah. it and then when she actually rapped in the club I was like oh, okay like this isn't like a made-up talent like she can actually do this she just doesn't do it um was my yes. turning point although I wish she would have gotten more of her actually rapping mm-hmm. like it's sort of weird that they teased that or that she can actually perform one time <laughs> I think it's probably just because they sold the pilot you know like they had to put it all in the pilot episode Sure. And then they just like, you know, like when you'll watch the first episode of a TV show and then the second episode, they have like a different house and a different mom. Yeah. I'm sure they just dropped that out, but, um, or thought it would be a better used plot point in confessional type situations. But yeah, that was definitely whenever I was turned. And then whenever I was like, oh, like I'm going to fuck with this show. Like this is going to be one that I like watch a while was whenever they introduced Kelly and Tiffany and like rounded out their foursome whatever oh my gosh I just thought of another joke whenever they go to that game night I think or wine party or something in season one and um (laughs) Molly brings Jared the guy she meets at the club that Issa raps at and he (laughs) he's like flirting with Molly at the party she brings him and Kelly's like that boy is so into you I could hang my jacket on his dick and Molly's like, stop. And then she's like, a heavy coat. And it's not even winter in LA. And I was like, oh my God, Kelly. <laughs> I think that's when I was like, oh, this show's so funny. <laughs> and to know she's like a producer for this, or she like is a, one of the head writers for the show. Uh, the really? actress who plays Kelly and is like nothing like Kelly in real life. Makes it even better. Oh my God. But um, let's, let's go into some B plots. Do you want to... Do you want to take it off with some best? Um, yeah, I've, I did divide mine up. Oh, good. Um, yeah, woohoo, organization. <laughs> okay, so um, I loved Molly being good at her job. Mm-hmm. I've said it before, I've said it again. Single best scene loves when women are good at their jobs. What a fucking concept. I hate that we even have to say it, but guess what? We do. Mm-hmm. Um, have them be good at jobs or don't give them jobs. Like, let them be... We don't need to know. Yeah. <laughs> or like, we don't need to see it or like their job does not have to be a plot. 
Like we don't yet. We right. Don't well, even it. even Ethan. But like, in if this it show, is right, right. Like, have him be good at it. Like, even Ethan, the show right. doesn't like her job, but she's good at it. And then right. she's like, she's the like block party baseline good at it. Right. Like, like everyone's fine. Hard, but she's good at it. Actually, I think every woman on this show is good at her job. Right. Like, Dola was no, good at her like, job. Like, right, yeah, yeah. Like, no. Everyone's just realistically good at their job. Yeah, like yeah. we are in real life. Everyone does their fucking job and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah. it was really weird. Cause like I work at a law firm and so seeing Molly's firm, the mm-hmm. like white firm versus the black firm, I thought was just a brilliant B plot, like showing the juxtaposition between the two firms, but mm-hmm. it's like still bad for her. I thought was such an interesting, right. an interesting plot. Like that they neither was to- perfect, which I, yeah, is like a big, like, you know, if you are considering a career move, it is so like the devil, you know, mm-hmm. you know, is the devil, you know, better than the devil, you don't. And, and I think I did actually text you at one point, <laughs> maybe <laughs> while I was watching season three. And I was like, I feel like this is an accurate portrayal of being a lawyer. Like she uh-huh. all the time is constantly reading, like brings her binders to like girls trip weekends. And um, the lawyers that I know, this seems pretty spot on. So I will say of every show I've ever watched, they accurately depict Molly, the, the law space. <laughs> it is like bringing a binder to like Bachelor Monday and like sitting on your computer and sending emails. Like that is the most accurate I think you sent me like a text being like, I think what, I think something to the extent of like, I feel like this is really accurate. And also I feel like being a lawyer would suck or something. (laughs) Yes. It seems terrible. They're not selling being a lawyer. Right. Like she literally never one time do we see her in a courtroom. Not once. (laughs) No, they, lawyers don't go to court that often. They want to settle. Like it's not, the goal is not to go to court unless it's like, I guess you're wanting to do like, like if you work in the DA's office and you're doing like, sure those types of crimes but like in terms of corporate law right what people make money doing you don't want to go to court no because then your clients (laughs) lose money (laughs) right so Um, like the good wife extremely unrealistic god right yeah exactly also that she Um, did one type of law the whole time i was like way to stay consistent guys she didn't like yes between the two right it wasn't like one day a car crash the next day a school shooting the next day a merger um a merger (laughs) like like she stayed in her lane it was very refreshing to watch and a little bit uh reminded me of being in the office (laughs) a little too much (laughs) um well, what reminded um, me of being in the office was the um, rebranding discussion, um, <laughs> which is honestly up there for single best scene. It is not what I picked, but could have been contender. Easily. Um, definitely a contender. Um, I want to say it's in three um when they they're in this meeting at um we got y'all and their horrible founder is like you know it's come to my attention that we might want to rebrand and like literally everything everyone says is correct mm-hmm. and they you know eventually they're like okay Issa like and what do you think and she's like yeah I mean everything you guys (laughs) said is correct and you know they're saying stuff like well it's like a white hand and also like there's two boys and one girl and also the name we got y'all is like like trying to use slang which is insulting like we can we don't need to like (laughs) 
do that and also like but like the fact that the founder was like oh she says she says the line like seven times she's like it can't be racist because it's my hand mm-hmm. you're like mm-hmm 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 <laughs> that's like when they're on a reality show I watched it's like I'm not racist my boyfriend's black and it's like no 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 that's really not how that works I also works. think what they did kind of brilliantly about the we got y'all discussion about the racism and stuff like that is the boss is horrible but only because we can hear the conversation but the amount of times that we've probably I mean not me and you but like that those conversations have happened and like white people think they're helping like nice right. white parents, like yes. yes, which Issa is developing, which I think is going to be brilliant into oh, a TV show. Maybe. But um, I don't think she was maliciously bad or thought she was right. Ra- you know what no. I mean? Like it is. She the, thought she was being helped. It's like the like white savior blindside yes. complex where it's like yes, yes, yes. You think you're being super helpful, but when in reality you're like not actually asking the people who are being helped. Right. You're just no, projecting you're what you in think. the way you think. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm projecting a lot on. So, um, but anyway, that whole like round table conversation, I was like, once again, we've all been in a marketing meeting where <laughs> it reminds me of, um, in succession, the, we hear for you, yes. we hear you like that type of grammatical we hear you, <laughs> yeah. um, where you don't think like a conversation about branding would be funny, but in fact, yes. Yes, it is very funny. It is very funny. Um, I also just loved <clears throat> that Molly went to therapy. I thought that was um, not an overbearing plot, but kind of nice that, you know, always, always a fan of normalizing therapy. Um, and obviously she clearly needed it, whether she was, as we've already discussed, actually getting any help or not. She did not mm-hmm. want to do the work. That's for goddamn sure. I think um, in, in one of the wind downs after the fact, they talked about the importance of like showing, especially in like the black community, the importance of talking mm-hmm. about mental mm-hmm. health and going to therapy. And I think that's why they had Lawrence talk about his depression, Nathan talk about his bipolar disorder and Molly go to therapy. Mm-hmm. And like, um, they also had Tiff talk about like how hard it was or Tiffany how hard it was yeah, to her postpartum. her postpartum and also just like getting the doctors to believe her that like Derek had to yell and like <sighs> they really use their platform and not a preachy way but just to be like yeah this stuff does happen and like really we're gonna talk about it so I agree with the therapy also Molly needed therapy so I'm glad <laughs> yeah, she went sure. I mean everyone on the show I guess. everyone needs therapy it, in general but especially in general the show and Molly. specifically Molly <laughs> Yeah, specifically Molly, who is incapable of looking at herself in a mirror <laughs> in any realistic way. Mm-hmm. Um, then um, I also enjoyed Issa's brother. I know he wasn't exactly like his own plot ever at all, but um, it was nice that she had like a like family nearby. It was ca- actually kind of nice that all the characters had family nearby. I feel like we don't often get that with LA mm-hmm. set shows. Um, for some reason, which is really interesting because I feel like every show set in New York, it's like institutional New York, like old many New York people. Mm-hmm. But in LA, it's always like, I moved here from who knows where. It's not from even Kansas the plot. three days ago. And now I'm going to like, right. well, like commuting in from Connecticut. So like, or New Jersey. So they're, or uh, no, I'm just thinking of shows that do that in New York. No, no, no. Right. And yeah, Los Angeles, families. I think it's because this is one of the few shows where people are from Los Angeles and they didn't like no one on the show is an actor or an actress or I mean I guess early season Daniel was a musician and like Andrew works in the music industry but they're not industry people 
Right. And so I think that's yes. why we got to see such a different glimpse of Los Angeles, which was like refreshing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There I are agree. people who just like live there. <laughs> right. No, for sure. Just normal people doing normal things. Um, and okay. I also loved Issa trying to get her finances together because yeah, very often in the show, you know, rational Sophie all the time. I was like, how is she affording this one bedroom apartment by herself that she formally split rent on? Mm-hmm. Um, and stuff like that. So when Issa met with Kelly about her finances, that whole scene also contender for single best scene was amazing. Again, we loved Kelly being amazing at her job. Mm-hmm. And um, Kelly says this line, it turns out the rank of credit tiers go excellent, good, poor, bad, then Issa. Because <laughs> <laughs> her credit was so bad. And then Issa goes, oh, don't worry, I've been saving. Like, I've been putting away some savings. And they're, you know, she's being supportive. She's like, okay, okay. Like, they're doing a little dances, they're dancing. And then she looks at the sheet and was like, no. <laughs> like no 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 this is not nearly enough and I was like again relatable funny I'm like yeah Kelly's face Kelly's face when she finds out that Issa hasn't been paying Daniel but also she was like how where is your money going like you're not paying for anything well yes Kelly yeah Kelly's role in this was so important because she was like okay but you're buying groceries no, okay, you're um, cleaning his, you're detailing his car, you're cleaning the house, no, you're um, splitting, you're paying the um, utilities, no. Um, you're sleeping with him, no. You're sleeping with him, no, you're doing his laundry, no, okay. Um, like, what? Are you what do- then she's what like, if are you, you stay doing? there, stay. <laughs> yeah, she's like, well, keep going. Um... Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Um, and then, um, okay, Lawrence's threesome in two four. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't no- like. I don't normally have like I'll watch anything, right? Like Euphoria, no problem. Like, but for some reason, this threesome was like so cringy for me to watch. Like, I loved it as a plot. I'm so glad they did it. Like, mm-hmm. it was great, but it was also the most cringy thing. <laughs> I was like, because it's like you could, like, the audience could tell before he could tell the dynamic that, that it was, was like going a, on. It was like a fetish of like a fetish black thing. guys. Yes. Yeah. And not, and, yeah. Also, um, that's, I was shocked. That's Haley Kiyoka, like the singer. Like, I had no clue right? how she ended up in the show. Yeah. Huh. Um, <laughs> it was yeah. like, um, but because, like, I feel like I could tell that this was like a targeted situation from the parking lot of the grocery store. Mm-hmm. I was like, this, it seems too good to be true. Here. So it probably is. I'm like, there's like a color to this. That mm-hmm. it's like, not that it's you, but I'm like, there. Well, it's like these two girls are just gonna like sleep with you, no effort, no whatever, for nothing, and then I mean, just leave. Like it's like right. Lawrence, this thing didn't just like fall in your lap. Like that's what I meant by like too good to be true. It's like Lawrence has, has right. had like a shitty season of just like fucking. Mm-hmm. He fucked around, and I actually this is part of my viewpoint is like Lawrence's character development was so needed, but like in season two specifically, he was just like floundering. Like he couldn't, he was yeah. using women and not in like a sexual salty pervy way, but like in a using women to feel better about the fact that he's cheated on him way. Yeah. And then this was the first time that he'd been like used. Right. Back. 
the table had been turned. Yeah. Um, no, totally. And in that same episode, um, Kelly gets fingered under the table <laughs> at the diner, which <laughs> again, Screamed. we realize from Issa's perspective, right? So we realize when Issa realizes. And I was like, oh no. Low. But what I loved of this scene delivered was that was the perfect icebreaker for Issa and Daniel to be normal again or talking or whatever it was because they'd kind of tried to do the friends with benefits and then uh, he sort of right and then oh, also sorry. they tried to be like cordial and like eh, but like it was kind of awkward so it, yeah so it wasn't until this like ice breaking moment over it was like yo <laughs> so yeah that was that was perfect in my opinion and then I mean I just I don't know if this I don't I did not read the internet opinions about Mm -hmm. Issa and Daniel I liked them all the time but I also love a golden couple sorry Daniel is so hot oh okay I was Um, like what do you mean by golden couple he's so hot and like has his thing going on like he's knows these cool people like has this real job has his life more together than Lawrence the like boring old boyfriend but again one person's opinion I would always go for the Daniel I was gonna (laughs) say and in my my only worst B plot was that I'm not a Daniel fan I would always stay with the boring boyfriend I don't understand the appeal of like blowing your life up for like an unknown um he's so hot that's why (laughs) I will say no one in this cast is unattractive. Like no, they're all hot. They're also hot. In the fact wow, that Daniel. and this is kind of heavening, but the fact that Andrew is from Australia, I l- like literally texted oh. you in all caps manically. Um, so I think it's so frustrating when they don't just let Australian and English actors just use their accent because we will all like them more because we're dumb Americans. We're dumb. <laughs> we're dumb. Yeah, I mean, we literally nominated Emily and Perry for a Golden Globe probably oh because of the baker. Um, yeah. No, but I, I don't know if I don't like Daniel because he like represented breaking up Issa and Lawrence and I was just such a fan of theirs or what, because like arguably Nathan was like the worst, like out of Issa's three main love interests, Nathan was the roughest. I think it's because I just kept like, okay, I like hijacked your thing to talk about mine, but I think my issue with Daniel was less Daniel and what I thought he represented as the bad boy, not because he was a bad boy, right? But because to, because compared to Lawrence, anybody who like left the apartment was a bad boy because yeah. Lawrence was so deep in his depression and he was so just sad. He was just a sad boy. Um, so I think I just kept waiting for Daniel to fuck her over. And so I never actually let myself like him because I kept thinking mm. he was just using her or fucking with her or doing whatever. Um, which is probably what Issa didn't do, which was just like kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. So maybe that's why I didn't like him, but it's like the same way I felt about like Jess and uh, Gilmore Girls or any like new guy who comes in and like shakes the bedrock of a foundation that I think is stable. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You would think I come from divorced parents because of the the baggage that I carry in terms of relationships. uh... to like cheating which I've like never been cheated on don't know anybody who really was cheated on I'm just like so protective of my of my what I consider to be the safe couple I don't ever want the safe couple to break up sure 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 that's fair that's fair and Daniel Um, definitely ended up being a good guy like I I will eat crow on that one he ended up being a good guy I just 
yeah, he let her stay there for free. I mean, he also like never pressured her anymore. Yeah, he he ended up being good, but I just kept not believing he was gonna be. Yeah, he kept being good. I partially I think that the problem with Daniel is the same problem with Condola, which is that he just Mm -hmm. wasn't Lawrence. Yeah. Um, Granted, he was way not Lawrence, whereas <laughs> Condola is only, like, kind of not Issa. Like, she's she's so much like Issa that they're really good friends. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. 100%. They're so similar. Condola is just, like, career-wise, like, like, three years ahead of Issa, and that's it. Or just, like, more, like, um, corporate. R- yeah, right. She's corporate Issa. Um, uh, but... I did, like, I do think it's insane that Tiffany is the, like, thing that brought Condola and Issa together. Yeah, and interesting use of Tiffany. A really interesting use of Tiffany and Derek and like Condola. That's how she met, obviously. Right? Yeah, I will say the buildup to revealing who Condola was dating was so subtle that I had like obviously the show they had been like, oh, like your like oh your phone's going off, and she's like, okay, like whatever. But like the reveal that who she had been talking to was Lawrence actually kind of got me because. Really? I didn't Did you rem- find out when Issa found out? Yeah. I mean, no, no, no. Oh, I mean, wait. I found out the first time they showed them on screen together. Like, I don't know when that was. I mm. think that the first time Condola went, she was like, I have drinks tonight. And I was like, oh, okay, we're not going to see that. She just needs to get out of the scene. And then it pans to Lawrence. And I was like, oh, I bet Lawrence getting drinks with like Chad or Derek or something. And oh, then Condola no, walked in. As soon in. as they did that, I was like, oh, they're dating. <laughs> I hadn't, I just wasn't paying, I guess, enough attention to Condola. I was so focused on being pissed that everybody was mad at Molly on the internet when Issa kept blatantly picking Condola over Molly um, that I think I was just blinded by the the reveal because I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, I want them to not find out. Like, I want their relationship to go and I want Issa and Condola's. I, like, want every relationship to move forward. I don't want them to find out. Yeah, that's fair. But, okay, back to you. Um, I only have a few more. I loved Aparna and I loved, I feel like they handled the coworker relationship so well and in a way that like I didn't feel like it was gross and I didn't feel like it was going to tank either of their careers which I think is a really hard line to walk um and maybe it is because they're in a startup space so everything's just like a little more relaxed but um I thought they handled that really well and it also made a lot of sense um Mm -hmm. like they're them two getting together you know actually made a lot of sense outside of the story like it sure like these two people would you know start dating or whatever it helped also like kind of push his like personal development along like that he was being a good boyfriend and like working and like the ways that he kind of wasn't with Issa and he wasn't with Tasha the Mm -hmm. bank teller he was being with Aperna and so it was like I loved the bank I mean Tasha like put him in his place I loved her she was great yeah so we love a dinner scene Mm mm-hmm it tied for my single best scene, but we can go ahead and talk about it now. Yeah. Okay. So, well, because, you know, we love that he was a dating Aparna. I love their whole thing. The audacity of this man to bring the, this random girl to his ex's friend's birthday dinner. Mm-hmm. I mean, who does that? Like, that I can't believe he even went to this this party. You see him regret it though. Like you see him walk yes. in with a partner and be like, "I shouldn't have brought you." Fuck, 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 fuck. Like yeah, you yeah, can see like, it on his face, being like, "This wasn't what I thought." Which like, who hasn't been there? Where you go to a party right. and you're like, "This," I thought this was a party. This is like a dinner. Yes, this is intimate. 
Yeah. So my, again, Kelly coming in with the joke. Kelly's the queen. Uh, Lauren's Annapurna walk in and Kelly goes, there must have been a sale on denim. (laughs) (laughs) They're both wearing like chambray shirts and denim. Like I was just like, Yes, Kelly, that is the perfect fucking like, that's what thing I to say. Like, yes. Like, it's, like, just petty enough to be, like, mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, like, not me, right? Like, it's, like. Right, and kind of to no one, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like a lot of times the Kelly, like, improv jokes were just, like, the camera happened to be on her. Yes. And she, like, happened yes. to say something. <laughs> like, her like her mic was hot. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, she definitely had a few off. hot mic moments. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, that and that that whole dinner, like it was just everything about it, like from the beginning to end. I mean, like you said, the carrot cake joke, like the awkwardness, Issa storming out, the toast, the fact that the Molly brother was there, had, the a brother was, was there, there. <laughs> fighting yeah, with every, Kelly. <laughs> everyone was there. Molly and Dro having sex um, in the bathroom. Oh my god! With his wife yeah, his in wife. the room. And he was like, it's okay. It's an open marriage. Let's fuck now. It's like, your wife's at the table. You came with her. But like, he still didn't really want anyone to know, which of course really, really hurt Molly's feelings. But like, Um, those are the situations where Molly gets in where I see why people don't like her, but it's not her. It's not that like, it's so, you know, it's like people think they would never be in that situation. But if you were in that situation, you would react like Molly. For sure. Like, I probably wouldn't hook up with my married friend who I'm friends with both parts of the couple, but I can guarantee if I did, I would be extremely insecure and be upset Right. that he, like, sleeps with me in the bathroom and then goes out and sits next to his wife and orders her dinner. I would be like, what the fuck is going on? Like, she gets put in extremely confusing situations where she doesn't, there's no right answer. The only answer is to not be in them. like a sociopath, honestly. Yeah, Dro was hot, so I got why she did it so hot I got, and their chemistry might have been the best on the entire show when I they were dancing two people when they were <gasps> dancing at the club before we knew his marriage was open and she was like hold on a second we can't do this like it's getting too hot I was like yes it is yeah, it I is. was like good, what is this good Richardson, normal people like we can't do this like you're yeah. in a public place this is an elite you can't just start having sex here yeah, their chemistry I, was insane. And you look at him and you don't necessarily think he would have. Like the the two of them, the chemistry they had together was unpredictable to me. Right. Like when he was kind of teasing them, like, oh, y'all are all the way in the back. Do you like the sound of speakers? I was like, okay, ha ha, Dro. And then when they were yeah. dancing, I was like, okay, Dro. Right. I get why Molly's right. going to fucking sleep with you. Like, wait what a second. Fuck? yes oh my god I know I had such conflicted feelings the whole time (laughs) about their relationship because I was like emotionally it does seem like Molly is like putting herself in a horrible position but also Mm -hmm. like wow like wow how can you say no one of my b-plots is uh Molly and Joe's relationship I knew it was doomed but I was very interested when they were on screen I was always very interested this might be the most interested I've ever been in a relationship I knew was going to end because usually I'm like, it's what a waste of time. Like, let's just move it right along. But I think because there was no one for Molly to like go back to. Like, it wasn't like we were waiting for yeah. her to get back together with Lawrence or whatever. And so I think because it was just like Molly was either going to fuck him or no one or like someone mm-hmm. else random. I was like, all right, let's stick with Joe for a while. Like, let's just see 100%, what happens. Yeah. Not going to work. 
and also still don't understand how his wife was so chill about it but sorry i hijacked that to just talk about his raw so odd the chemistry although that does remind me though speaking of um molly hooking up with other people (laughs) was that not so weird when she hooked up with the preacher lawyer yes and that was just a throwaway scene and then we never saw him again it seemed to me like she was like this is the type of person i should be with right like he's black he's educated he works at the law firm like he's he checks all of these fake boxes that i think molly had had tried to date the guy who like didn't have a job i think she tried to date the guy who was married she had tried to date the guy who like was bisexual she had tried to date all of these different types of guys but the only guy we didn't ever see her date was like stable yeah like we never saw her in a relationship with someone who wanted a relationship with her (laughs) Mm -hmm. but also could like devote time to her I don't know. So I but feel also like, he, like Sterling just, K. Brown like had all the things and she like wouldn't give him a chance. Was that when she needed to like work on herself? Also, Sterling K. Brown was in the show. Yeah. I completely blocked that out of my memory. Just blank space. Have no he is in fucking everything. No, he he sneaks up everywhere. I'll be watching a commercial and he'll walk was. through it. Does he live in my house? I don't, with Sterling. I'm like, do I live with Sterling? And to be clear, I like him, but like, nope. Yep. Yeah, he's Lionel. Yep. He was on Insecure. Sterling K. Proud's surprise appearance. Sexy guest He was on more than one episode because he went to like, I'm pretty sure he was the one that Molly brought to her parents like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, Vow renewal it's coming back it's all coming back to me now as Celine would say but like fuck I totally totally blocked Sterling yeah. K Brown out of that because I'm just tired of seeing I'm tired of seeing him seeing, yeah, like he's I didn't know him. who he was five years ago and now I can probably quote every credit he's ever been in because so it's everything so I already watch it's right yeah exactly it was it's fun a, at the, the beginning diagram is a circle <laughs> it's fun at the beginning and now I'm like seriously I'm like we get it you're intense <laughs> we get it you're in tv we get it. You have abs. You yeah. can act and you have beautiful skin. Enough. Get it. We're, you're hot. <laughs> you know, it's just the Randall story. This, this is us. Um, I just completely forgot. No, I don't know. I think she, I think Andrew was like perfect. I'm very devastated about her and Andrew. I don't, I don't really have a whole lot else to say about the, the guy who um, was the preacher's body, but yeah, Andrew. I think she was just lonely and like horny probably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so the season two finale with Lawrence and Issa back in the apartment, I thought was like so perfect and cathartic. And um, what we don't see a lot on TV, you know, we don't get this like actual realistic moment of like, yeah, we're turning this apartment over and mm-hmm. we're not gonna live here anymore. But we both still have stuff here, also like physically and like emotionally and. We're going to have to see each other. And actually Lawrence choosing to wait for her, I thought was really sweet. And it seemed good for both of them. It it gave me hope. That was my turning point for them. I was like, okay, like this could work in the future, you know, Mm -hmm. because like both of them really need to do a lot of work on themselves before they can make a relationship work again. I think that was sort of like the message of this fucking show. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so I really, I really appreciate that. Um, I thought the block party was great. That was a, a great activity for Issa, although admittedly, like, and this sort of falls into to my worsts, but 
Um, watching Issa struggle with her career, I thought was boring. Like, hate to say it, but her having nothing to do between her hating her job in season three, like she got desk duty because her like semi-racist <laughs> boss um, like wouldn't let her shine basically mm-hmm. control freak boss put her at the desk and her just like not really knowing what she was going to do with her life and then being unemployed and being like, well, I might do something. I don't know. I was like, this is boring. Like I don't, Right. I am well, not into this nothingness for her. Like, I just found that part really hard to watch. Well, Although, like our, I do think it was really good that they made her a Lyft driver. That I was- actually, that's one of my favorite B plots. I loved the Lyft driving. I thought it was very funny and like relatable to anybody who's been in a rideshare. Yes. Like, the if party, you've been in Uber or Lyft or whatever. Was so funny. <laughs> um, and yeah. like a very, very, very interesting way to introduce a new character through Nathan yes I agree um so so back to the blog party I loved the blog party I thought that was like such a brilliant uh b-plot for her I, I yeah when only- she met Condola and it started to actually happen I was like okay I'm on board yes yeah the there was like some funny moments like when she went to like fill out the form and the girl was like just if you take my advice just like don't where I was like we've all <laughs> been there where we've like like the, even with this podcast I feel like when we started the idea it was like a really I don't want to use the word hard because like you did so much more of the work, but it was like kind of overwhelming what we had to do to get yes, it started. It's where you're like, overwhelming. Well, let's just not do it. Like it would be so much easier. Mm-hmm. So we just did it, but it's like truly taking like four steps to be like, okay, now we've like done right. this part. Now it would be dumb if we didn't just follow through. She needed someone to like get her mm-hmm. to the point where she needed to follow through. Um, yeah. The only Wait, episode- is that from Friends? There's an episode I probably. It's probably Friends where the main character, I think it's Chandler when he's getting married Mm -hmm. and he's like super overwhelmed and Ross is like, hey, I just need you to put on your pants and your like button up. Like, can you do that? Like, that's easy, right? And Chandler's like, yeah, I I can do that. And he's like, okay, great. Done. Okay, now you're just going to put on your shoes. No problem. Putting on your shoes, not a big deal. You put on shoes every day. Yeah, like, they're afraid he's going like, to run away. The fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, make Again. it like teeny tiny bite size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is true, though. I mean, there's so many things yeah. that seem so wildly overwhelming in a block party. Shit, like planning any event, mm-hmm. much less one that you're yeah. doing completely on your own, seems so many moving overwhelming. Parts. And so, yeah, yeah, there was like a few moments where I was like, either do it or don't. Yeah, right. Like, I'm like, is this... It was a little too realistic of the process that it gets to take an event yeah. off the ground. But um, also it was like definitely not the A, B, or C plot hardly ever. That was the other thing. It was like we would get like conversations. Of it, like, yes, in conversations, like in reflections with other characters, but we never like saw her at her laptop working on it. Yeah, it was just like, used once as like, or twice afterwards, but like Yeah, it was just used as like a major defense as to like why Issa was too busy for Molly was like she was working on the block party but like then we never actually saw her working on the block party which is fine and I think that by season four they had like developed enough story that we were getting like solo Molly and Andrew stuff that like took up half the episode or like solo Lauren stuff that Issa wasn't in and so they had like built out this world so we couldn't just see Molly like or Issa just like typing away but it was it did kind of feel like it went from being like an idea to like Condola helping to then it was just here right I thought it would be the season finale 
Yeah. Not just like episode six. <laughs> right. Um, and I will say the only episode of the show that I didn't like was the episode after the block party. I did not enjoy that episode. Remind me what like happens. So it was the episode where Issa like wakes up to like all of the really positive criticism, mm-hmm. like positive acclaim from the block party, but then the, like her and Molly's fight is in her head. So she like goes to the paint and sip and like those girls fuck her over and then she gives the old guy a ride and then he's kind of rude to her. I was, it was just kind of a lot of Issa. Well, I just didn't enjoy that episode. That. Um, the, was, were we supposed to like, was there some kind of wink nod or something about whose grandpa that was? Because like a young oh, wait, black man opened the door. I do remember thinking, oh, that's that house. Or I was like, are we supposed to know who that guy is? So For the, a second I thought it was Nathan, but that wouldn't make sense. No, one of the um one of the girls that was the the bachelorette that was the bride is a famous actress and if we don't say who it is we'll get like roasted because she's like legitimately famous and is in it was Kayla Pratt and she's been in like a ton of stuff she was in the proud family that's how I recognized her but okay okay this says when Issa drives off the viewer sees George has arrived at the home of his son Kalani oh he said dad in the what Whenever, so like, cause I watch it with subtitles because I share my account with my entire family, but Issa starts to drive off and you hear the guy say dad. And I thought, is that a yeah. good or a bad thing? Cause Issa just fucking left. <laughs> I was like, this whole episode right. seems to be Issa trying to help. Okay. The son is the music producer. Who's a friend of Daniel from season three. Okay. Well, I wouldn't have gotten that, but that makes Damn. sense that we were supposed to have gotten something. We more were from supposed to scene. have connected the dots. I did it, but yeah, I can see. So, I mean, obviously they don't like string that together unless there's some foreshadowing about like what's going to happen. I don't know in the future. I personally hope that Daniel doesn't come back because we're already going to have to deal enough with Issa and Lauren's drama in season four with Condola and the baby. coming back. (laughs) I don't want him to come back. I want Daniel to be done. Well, but Daniel seems to like... He's been gone. Know. Also, can you imagine if Nathan and Daniel both have the same argument to Issa? You should be with us I mean, because you already cheated on this guy. Um, I just think I Nathan think, filled I think the role he, that Daniel had. I think Daniel will come back. I do feel like, I don't know. I feel like he's aware enough that about him and Issa's relationship that it also is never quite right. So... I think he'll be frustrated if she's like back with Lawrence, but mm-hmm. I don't think that she'll get back together with him just because of how her Lawrence, like, I mean, we all know that they're sort of in game, not to be a youth, but. Archie's in game. Oh my God. <laughs> they said that in the show. That's actual dialogue from Riverdale. No, I, I agree. Know. I just think that's an interesting thing that like, I, I don't know why we, the audience would know that. Because especially since the latest like music stuff we've had is Andrew in the episode before, right? Andrew helped hook up the manager mm-hmm. for Issa and like went behind Molly's back, which was the thing that like tipped the iceberg that made her like freak out. So it's interesting to me that they would then right. go back to someone that Daniel worked with when we've only known really about from, from a different season. Yeah, and like we have a current music right person right now. Yeah, interesting. Very odd. Uh, but that's the only episode um, I didn't really love. Yeah, same. 
I also didn't really care about Lawrence's tech career. Like I, like I'm glad it gave us a Perna, but like I could have used less of every scene. Love Lawrence in his office. Like I just didn't care about that at all. What yeah. do you think? So um, I agree with that, but I will say in in binging and then rewatching the pilot, I did love Lawrence's realization that he likes to be a part of a team and he doesn't need to start his own thing because I think there's been so much like shame on people who like like working in team environments because you should want to start your own business or be your own boss or you know all those Mm -hmm. like kind of catchphrasey things Mm -hmm. that people say but Lawrence being like I actually just like am really happy working on a team I don't think he he the character would have found that out without it granted we the audience didn't need to see so much of it but I think it helped him figure out that he didn't need to like own own air quotes the project for him to be happy with the success of it yeah, I totally Which is agree. healthy oh, for him as a yeah. person. For sure. Because he was driving himself insane thinking he needed to like be the He's next Underachieving because he hadn't, right, done yeah. this thing on his own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also think they wanted to kind of course correct on his image a little bit since he was kind mm-hmm. of just like a couch potato all of season one. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we the audience, did we really need a whole episode's worth of time spent at that mm-hmm. Uh, tech company that we then just left and never heard of again probably not we didn't and why I think we really didn't need so much of I mean it's like yeah it was nice to see Lawrence's life away from Issa like Mm -hmm. to see him more as a well-rounded person I agree that we needed that but also like because we were already viewing Lawrence from Issa's point of view of a place of love right even though she was frustrated with him and the fact that he didn't have a job and was a couch potato but I think because we started off with like them being together and her being in love with him that they didn't need to overprove like they felt like they over made his case of why he's like a good guy they didn't necessarily need to do that um Mm -hmm. I think, although one thing about their relationship that I cannot, like, lives rent-free, mm-hmm. is the fact that they had a full-size bed. <laughs> did you notice that? It's a full. The thing I did notice is they kept having sex on that, like, Amazon velvet couch that I was like, that thing is small and cannot be comfortable. How is that, like, the token yes. of y'all's love? Is that tiny-ass love seat? Love seat. But that, the velvet has got to be, like, matted to shit. And it's got to be hard. Now. Like, it can't even be, like, a soft, comfortable couch. Like, that couch did not look, like, comfy, even though they always looked very cute on the couch. Um, But that blue couch that, like, the significance of, like, them moving it or whatever. But, yeah, Mm -hmm. I kept – I did notice a lot of times, a lot of times I had sex on that couch of being, like, how are they even fitting on this couch? I mean, yeah. I was, like, his – I was – More than half his body is on the ground holding them up. They're both tall, I think. Yeah, they seem, like, tall – act. like, he seems tall and she doesn't look like a – tiny person next to him which is right do you have any more bestia gap for me i only have like four that we haven't talked um, about um i mean yeah east ray's five nine that's very yeah, tall that's tall for hollywood as we learned in yeah. i've mentioned it probably more than once on this podcast 500 days of summer told us that five right. seven was a little bit above average oh, again i saw that movie um, in theaters with sophie who audibly gasped <laughs> out loud in a theater i think it was like her no. height is five five and she wears a size seven a little above average and you were like what <laughs> like offended excuse me <laughs> you're like i hate this movie i've never seen it <laughs> walked out of the theater at that moment i should have what is that your me some agony. smart water out <laughs> my giant smart water yeah 
I love those things. Um, so the last thing I have for best was in the season four finale, Tiffany disappearing was the perfect thing to bring the gang back together. That was really smart to create a crisis that everyone could get on the same team for. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that that was really smart and a really realistic way to get everybody on board because you know they do also care care about each other and that you know they needed that reminder mm-hmm. and got Issa and Molly talking again um or at least like peacefully existing in the same space and I thought that that was just a really smart move um of the show plot wise um but well, yeah was, that's all I've got yeah and I think um another thing just to note about that is it played into like the fact that she like actually disappeared right and like this Latoya disappearance has been playing throughout the season Tiff disappears mm-hmm. Tiffany disappears I don't like spelling Tiffany I so that's why I keep calling her Tiff because in my notes it's Tiff she's Tiffany um she they've been like kind of messing with this disappearance and then it's like they didn't none of these girls who are they are this is their best friend realized how far she was in this yeah. spiral and how much they've been letting their own stuff get ahead of this like woman their best friend who just had this baby and is like struggling and they had like Mm -hmm. placed little seeds of like us seeing that she might not be doing the best you know like Mm -hmm. when Derek was like the baby's really crying and she was like too bad I'm gonna stay at the block party and you're like okay like she needs some time but like we saw her like break and the actress who played her was like I let her nails like go like this is the first time that her husband's seen her without her hair done like they they like wanted to show this but I think it was really just smart of them to have her physically disappear after all the other girls have kind of left her and Mm -hmm. she's figuring this out on her own um I will say though and you and I have talked about this a lot like how or maybe you and I have it but like how sometimes like one line of dialogue will excuse a plot point that's just been kind of like left so it's like you don't have to fully address something but like just have a character say like oh my gosh, I can't believe that after X, we did Y. And then it's like, well, okay, so they came back yes. from the trip, whatever. Like, right, I don't need exactly. to see it, but glad to know you acknowledged right. it. We don't need to see it, but let's address that it happened. <laughs> yes. And like, let's not make the audience feel like you just left a thing hanging. And so I will say with Kelly and Tiffany's friendship, they had that big blow up at the baby shower and Kelly just like went home and they were like lied about her having to work. And then we never heard about it again. Yeah. I really appreciated that in season four, when Kelly called or t- was talking to Issa, she was like, you know, Kelly and I got in that big fight that almost broke our friendship up, but had we had like, but we had to sit down and like work through it that I was like, thank you. That's mm-hmm. all we need showrunners. Right. Yes. That one yes, yes. line of dialogue that took four seconds to deliver mm-hmm. made it so that I totally believed how close Tiffany and Kelly were. Like I never doubted that they like wouldn't make back up after the baby shower. Sure. Um, but it was nice to hear that they like put the work in to make up. I agree. Um, so mine are going to be really quick because they're just kind of random parts of B plots. The all of we got y'all, which we've talked to about at death, but it, when they throw that party in episode seven, and Daniel shows up and stands next to Lawrence because oh Daniel's trying to find Issa. I was like, abort, abort, abort! Like, get them <laughs> out of there! And like Molly was like running interference. The whole thing was just like that crazy. And then to think it was, like, happening at her work, I was like, no. Um, <laughs> when Issa throws that like party to try to like at the apartment after her and Lawrence break up, and someone accidentally sets a trash can on fire and it scorches the ceiling, I was just really enjoyed that whole party. Um, mm-hmm. her like wind down party. Um, mm-hmm. pretty much all of Coachella, but specifically, okay, her and Nathan having sex in the Ferris wheel 
not as hot wow. as not it does not reach dro and molly level of chemistry for no. me but it comes really fucking close it comes close it's no molly and dro just like at any point in a <laughs> just bed just talking <laughs> Just talking, just looking at each other, ordering ice cream. Like, I don't know. But, um, it was, but yeah. That was a very sexy moment. Yes. And like, I have on my, and that's literally all, all I have um, left that we haven't already talked about in terms of best, but like kind of going into my worst a little bit. We already talked about like my thing with Daniel. I kind of feel the same way with Nathan where like, I just couldn't pinpoint what I didn't like about him, but it definitely mm-hmm. wasn't. Like I could see him with Issa forever and maybe it was the amount of walls he had up and the fact that mm-hmm. Issa's like not really capable of being uh, discreet. Yeah. Like her personality is very like, this is how I feel and I feel it now. And like, she's not very good mm-hmm. at being passive aggressive. And like, I do think it was hard for her to ice out Molly. And so maybe that's why I didn't like love Dan- or um, Nathan. What are, your, what are your thoughts on Nathan? I mean, I feel like, the best thing that we got from Nathan was that Issa got to be a crazy girl like that Mm -hmm. was fun to watch um but yeah it did create some like serious trust issues yeah (laughs) which are tough but okay so I've talked about my worst I didn't really have any I thought the the story was really well used um Mm -hmm. what about you what are your what are some of your worst beef so we've already talked about the fact that i didn't like lawrence's tech career and also Mm -hmm. isa's like floundering floundering was tough to watch i think that isa and molly's slowly fracturing relationship was draining to watch and sucked a lot of the fun out of the show and especially because they stretched it out for so long I just found that really hard to watch because their friendship was one of my favorite things about the show seasons one and two. Well, they're arguably the love story of the show. It's just a platonic love. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're really the backbone of the show and like their friendship was so central and like they were each other's most consistent relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, again, it's so relatable. Um, And you know, part of that though, you know, you've got to empathize with both of them. Um, you know, there's nothing more annoying than feeling like your friend is cheating on you. Yes. Um, which I, you know, so when Molly felt that way about Issa, I was like, yeah, like I get it. Um, mm-hmm. In their friendship fracture, I did empathize with Molly way more. I thought she was in the right 99% of the time between her and Issa. I do think towards once we got into season four, Molly sort of, for whatever reason, sort of was acting like a caged animal, but to everyone. Like it mm-hmm. wasn't just to Issa. And maybe it was because she'd already kind of been distancing, her, distancing herself from Issa that it made it harder for her to cope with everyone else in her life. And she had lost that like the reflection that you get from a friend right yeah that Mm -hmm. like other perspective and so because she was just isolated in a way that she hadn't been in the past she had a harder time having perspective because once we get into four she really I mean she has that awful fight with Andrew's brother she thinks um her parents are wrong about getting back together after her dad cheated um Mm -hmm. she's having trouble at her new firm and she thinks Issa's wrong. Like, she thinks everyone is wrong and she's right. I think her distance from Issa is what really caused her to be so 
at the edge of a cliff about that. And it, it was hard to see Molly that way. Um, obviously Molly becomes a terror in four. I don't know. Issa is a really selfish friend, I think. Yeah. Um, I, it was hard to take her side on stuff, I found. I completely agree. I literally have the, one of my notes is just like the relationship section is about Molly and Issa and how we should talk about it. So the, the thing I found to be more compelling with Molly is because she was air quote successful at work and had this stable job. Like she had a stable job. She had a stable income. Mm -hmm. She had a stable housing. I think everybody then felt like they could take from her because on paper, it seemed like she had more together. Whereas Issa was kind of always like grasping or like the ground was always moving out from under her, right? Like she was making arguably smaller decisions that made bigger impacts on her life, right? Cheating on Derek and having to move in or cheating on Lawrence with Daniel and having to move in. It was just like her things were more outwardly messy, whereas Molly's were more inwardly messy. Like Mm -hmm. the drove stuff, she couldn't really advertise. The work stuff, nobody really gets. So it's like... I empathized with her more because because Issa was able to be more selfish in their relationship and be more transparent without judgment because Molly was doing the same messy shit. Mm-hmm. But because Molly, I don't know, I just felt like there was a, like the, when Issa thinks to call Molly in the car and Molly answers and Issa's like, hey, like, okay, so I want to tell you this and Lawrence and I are getting back together and I know you think I always talk about myself. I was literally screaming at my TV shut up right like you're like, doing stop. it right now. you're doing it right now and then it was a dream sequence and she yes then just texted her or whatever and I was very grateful that she didn't do it but I really at that moment thought that Issa was so unaware yeah. that she would just call Molly out of the blue and be like hey I know we had this huge fight and I know we're not talking but Lawrence and I are back together and I don't really know what to do about it and I was like I, I don't know yeah. I mean I just I found myself still liking Issa like it, it has nothing to yeah. do with who I like or dislike but I found myself in the fight empathizing with Molly Moore and not realizing how Issa wasn't seeing that she wasn't prioritizing yeah. prioritizing her friendship at all uh-huh even yeah down, no for sure even down to the point when like and this is when I first started noticing the cracks and our friend Meg also watches this show and I texted her because I was trying to keep our relationship kind of as limited as possible so we could really talk about it on here but I texted Mm -hmm. Meg when in the episode where uh Nathan goes her and and Molly has that terrible date with Andrew like where Andrew kind of throws in her face like well you were sleeping with Dro um using the stuff that he had learned about her when she was high on Molly and like kind of jokingly throwing in a conversation that Molly didn't think was funny and Molly left the date Mm -hmm. and was like done with him and then Issa was like hey like we're gonna take these desserts over to um Andrew's house and we're gonna see if Nathan's there and all this stuff and I was like you don't even know that her date was bad like your friendship has you're so self-centered that you don't even know she went on a date with him that would make it this embarrassing for her yeah to go and apologize for something that like I actually don't think she should have apologized for I think that Molly had a right to be irritated for sure in that instance and so that to me is whenever the friendship started feeling and then from there, I couldn't unsee the ways that it felt like Molly really wasn't having a backbone at all with Issa and like saying yes to everything Issa did. And so then when she did say like, I don't want to jeopardize my relationship, Issa was like, what the fuck? Where did this come from? Like, I don't fuck with her anymore. We're not friends. I was like, what? So dramatic. I mean, I, yeah, it was so dramatic. I, I, I disagree. I agree with Molly 
telling Issa no. Mm -hmm. I disagree with Molly then being mad that Issa still- 100%. Got like the help that she needed. Because it's not like Molly was like, you can't, my boyfriend can't help you with anything. Because that's not what Molly was even asking for. Molly was saying, don't put me- don't put my relationship at jeopardy. Like I'm not going to risk my relationship to help you. So fine. Yeah. Issa didn't. What well, it was like, interesting because when I was watching the, in like, my wind, opinion, I don't know. I completely agree. Cause when I was watching the wind down at the end, Issa Ray was talking about the character and she was saying, you know, when that Molly didn't believe in her, that that's why Molly didn't ask Andrews because she didn't believe that the block party was going to be a success, which is so interesting because that's not how I as an audience member viewed that conversation at all. Yes, I never thought that Molly wasn't supportive of it. I think she thought that it was insane that she was working with Lawrence's ex, which yeah. ended up being right. Yep. It ended up breaking up Condola and getting them back together. So whether pro or con, Molly was right. And it was crazy that she was working with her. And she didn't want to jeopardize her her relationship with Andrew, which at the end of the day, her fractured friendship with Issa did end up contributing to the downfall of her relationship with Andrew. It was not so a true. direct correlating link, but it definitely was not healthy. Right. I don't know. I didn't think, I probably wouldn't have made it a big deal. I probably would have just asked. Like, I don't understand why Molly felt that that would hinder her relationship I guess and if it is true that she didn't believe the block party would be a success it just seemed weird for it to be the like episode before the block party that that's when Molly would start showing doubt yeah I agree I don't I didn't really get that either um and I do also think that she was just trying to be in a relationship I guess and just didn't know how maybe that's it but also like the men never get blame in these situations mm -hmm. which is frustrating because the show didn't even write it in mm -hmm. right like mm -hmm. this is all scripted <laughs> right 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 yeah <laughs> so it's it's frustrating that at no point did I mean like sort of Andrew was like Oh, I didn't think it was a big deal, but at no point was Molly like, why didn't you tell me? Mm-hmm. And then wasn't yeah. mad at him about yeah. helping. Well, I think it's because at the end of the day, I think she because it worked out, I think she didn't want to jeopardize that relationship. But the one with Issa was so close to the brim that she was yeah. like, fuck it, I'm just gonna like set this thing on fire. I, I just sure. I agree with you that like. Andrew should have, and maybe he did because then the immediate next episode, we didn't, they were just going to Mexico the next time we saw them. Right, um, yeah. I will say, so whenever I was reading that article, which is the only way that I know that the like audience air quotes was mad at Molly was she was writing or she like did a, a tele interview because this season aired with the pandemic and um, said like, you know, I'm on Molly's side or I understand whatever. And she was like, but I was really mad that the writers wrote that I confronted Issa at her block party. She was like, I, that that's when I felt like this was like sabotage and they wanted people to hate Molly was when they, which I, I agree. Like, I was like, don't do yeah. it here. Like you have like Molly, you have the ammo, like you will win this fight. Yes. Right, but the right. minute you do it at the block party, you lose yeah. some of your, 
like she lost a little bit of her righteousness yeah. and credibility in that for sure because because then it just seemed like an emotional it was about, thing yeah and then it was just about yeah. the fight and like there were so many instances of Issa taking advantage of Molly and like Issa yes. making fun of Molly or Molly having to bail Issa out or like driving her from Malibu to LA or like doing all of that stuff and it kind of yes. all got erased because of the the place that Molly did the fight mm-hmm. which is yeah. infuriating yes. for Molly <laughs> and yeah, like as an audience sure. member too like when you, if you can see both sides of it because then it like re-levels the playing field although Issa did a thousand horrible things right <laughs> right and I think it also is probably um a difference between binging this show and watching it week to week I think if you were to mm-hmm. watch it week to week you might be able to sit a little bit more or miss a little bit more of the nuances of the of the fight but because of the nature that both of us just like binged through it it was like very apparent to see like molly didn't want to go to this dinner with Con- condola and she didn't acknowledge it molly didn't get invited to this and yeah. she didn't acknowledge it and so it was just like every episode it was just another thing of being like well like she's really busy so i guess we're just gonna blow it off but yeah no i agree um okay so i have do you have more worst no that's a Okay, I have just a few relationships, not any commentary yeah. on them that I want to call it. I did really love Molly and Andrew. Um, obviously, Molly and Issa are like the love story of this show. Um, I think Kelly and Tiffany are so funny and they shouldn't work as best friends. So the fact that they do makes me love them even more. And then in all caps, I just put put more respect on Derek's name, me to myself after watching the season four finale. Like the <laughs> fact that I used to get him mixed up with Chad is offensive to me. Derek is so sweet. I love him with Tiffany so much. He puts up with her crazy. Yes. He gives me hope that I'll be able to find my own Derek one day. Um, I didn't respect him enough. So I just felt like I needed to make a public apology on the podcast. Um, <laughs> but I do love me some Derek. He was very sweet. Yeah, I agree. All right. So we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. And we're back. All right. So if you want to take it away with your highlight stats. So my favorite character was Molly. My favorite relationship was Molly and Issa. My favorite season was one. And my favorite episode is Highlight, which was season three, episode five, i.e. the Coachella episode. Look at you, just rolling right through. Okay. Uh, My favorite character was Kelly. My favorite relationship was Issa and Lawrence. Um, My favorite season, I think might've been four or maybe two. I don't know. Um, and my favorite episode was season three, episode eight, Ghost Like. I just can't get over the fact that they put these women in a cemetery and then had all of their ex-boyfriends just pop up like ghosts. That was so funny. So brilliant. I love that. And then when like Kelly was like, there's Coach Riley, fuck him, whatever. And she was like, that's not him. And then she was like, it actually was him. Um, <laughs> I just couldn't believe that their exes just kept like popping up. I also, just a quick note about this episode. So Molly broke up with Jared because she couldn't get over the fact that he was bisexual. She just like couldn't move on from it, whatever. She thought that he would eventually choose a man over her. Mm -hmm. So then whenever she sees him in this episode and he's like buying snacks or whatever and the guy comes up to him and she goes back to Ethan. She's like, I fucking knew he was gay. Like did all this stuff. And then they introduce himself and he's like, this is my brother. And they both have like smoke and hot girlfriends. And you just see Mm -hmm. Molly being like, um i thought that episode i just thought that was so fucking funny and just such a random part of the story like when jared popped up i was like oh him i haven't thought of him in a while yeah exactly i had the same reaction also the ghosts of boyfriends past was brilliant (laughs) just in terms of time so the season one premiere is her 29th birthday and Uh the season three finale is her 30th birthday yes 
that is not a lot of time for these people to be making huge character growth I mean I guess it makes more sense that like it's only been a year and so these people are actually actively working but like that was one thing that I had a hard time with was time I thought this Mm -hmm. show didn't do a really great job of anchoring us to anything I completely Um, agree because like Tiffany was pregnant but for a while right (laughs) but like not a while if if it was if the show was less than a year so like Tiffany not pregnant was just supposed to be three months I don't don't know I'm not gonna like argue the timeline of this I just when she was talking about her 30th birthday and being in the ghosts whatever I was like huh the pilot was her 29th birthday Right. Yeah. It was all very confusing. So it was hard to tell like how much time had passed sometimes. Uh-huh. Like they would do a compilation. You're like, okay, has it been two days or two months? Like, I don't know. Right. Like the, the episode after Issa and him decide to get back together and they show all of those sweet romantic yeah. things. I was like, so they've been dating less time. It took from his first interview in San Francisco to his second interview in San Francisco. <laughs> right. I, I was like, so that was, was like just like weeks. every night of the week. Right, and I it was just one days. week. Yeah. yeah, days. Yeah, the the so way they manipulated time is definitely interesting. And because yeah. I feel like most shows just stick with like a season is a year. Right. They didn't. But all right. Nope. So if we've made it to our audience's favorite part of the thing or what people just know us for, the single best scene. A single best scene. What okay, is your my, single best scene from Instagram? My single best scene is from season four when Issa gives her speech at the fundraiser mm-hmm. that she hosts at her apartment complex, which seems very weird, but we're moving forward with it. <laughs> she needed a um, <laughs> We're looking past it. Um, I think that... Um, it was really important that we saw that Issa could get her shit together in this new world after watching her be unemployed and like not really be sure of her direction. She wasn't really sure of her career direction, honestly, most of the show. She just hit it better than Lawrence did. Mm-hmm. Um, she just had a job. and Right. She just got a paycheck. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, her, and also even within that, episode you know she was trying to pander to each individual donor we saw like a cold compilation of her saying contradictory things and stuff just to try and woo the donors and so her not only realizing that something she needed to you know speak in front of this group but also identifying that what she'd been doing maybe wasn't the most effective way to get these people to give their money and she needed to reframe the whole night was I think really intuitive Mm -hmm. and spoke to her being able to you know have a good career at this and not only a career but like actually something that she's passionate about Mm -hmm. um I just thought it was really important for the show and it was really the first time we saw Issa um sort of take command even of like a scene in a non-chaotic way um I so. completely agree that she like had her shit together that's my choice yes that's a good choice I liked that scene I, I yeah Thank you. what is your single best scene my single best scene inc- included one with shockingly Issa and Lawrence where I shockingly cried so mm. it's actually the scene we talked about earlier um you touched on it with their wardrobe choices but their <laughs> goodbye to the apartment so yeah. 
one, just like the entire setup of them going to this apartment. It's season two, episode eight. Um, the fact that Lawrence stayed for her and they have this, this conversation that then turns into Lawrence apologizing for him, part, his part of the cheating and says, uh, I'm sorry for not being who you expected me to be. I was like, woof. Yeah. And then, I mean, the whole apology is just so raw. And like, I think that's like you kind of said earlier, that's fully when I became like, wait a second, they might be able to like get this thing back on track. Cause yeah. like, up until that point, I really didn't think there was like any, yeah, any way that that was going to happen. And then Issa says, I wish I could somehow convince you that it wasn't about you when he says the thing about cheating. And she's like, I wish I could convince you it wasn't about you. You've only ever loved me and I expected and expected me to want the best for you. And I promise I did. I was like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, it's waterworks. I did not want write out the entire scene verbatim, even though I wanted to. <laughs> um, so they have like a few, a little bit more and then they hug. And then there's a montage of, yeah. he says, he says bye and then he turns around and he gets out on me and I screamed the first time I watched it. Cause I was Same. like, what the fuck so then he proposes and we see the wedding and we see her pregnant and we see the baby and we see them coming back to the apartment and there's this really sweet song like playing it and then it's like snapped we're back he's saying bye mm-hmm. and he leaves and like the season yeah. and then it like obviously goes to a scene with her and molly and i was just crying <laughs> i was like oh my gosh it was just such a beautiful scene and i remember watching that scene and thinking if we do if we cover this for the show this will be my single best scene like I knew it immediately being like, I can't imagine another scene topping it. So the dinner scene where they go into more detail about the breakup in season four was a contender. Don't get me wrong. I loved that entire episode and kind of the awkward energy it gave being like, are they getting back together? Like, is this flirty? Like the way that she was like, he was like, come up and see my apartment. And she was like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I was like, what is happening? Like, I felt like I was oh also God. on the date with them being like, is this a date? And Condola kept texting him. I'm like, is he messing with Issa is he getting back at Condola I was like I couldn't figure it out um so then when they hooked up I was like okay good like I can relax a little bit it's just normal but um yeah I definitely think the goodbye to their apartment um scene was great and then I did think it was interesting do you ever watch those wind downs like um I watch them sometimes so um did you watch the one for the season finale of four I don't think so. Issa was talking about how him being with Lawrence is, or Lawrence having a baby is going to change everything because he's, it's not going to be the first time he's had a kid. And Issa wanted to be the person the first time he had a kid with, which I thought was interesting because like a lot of people don't have that, you know, like they, you know, like that's such a weird thing. And she referenced this montage where she was like, you saw Issa's perfect vision of their life with the marriage and them having this baby together and all this stuff. And now Lawrence has ruined that, that thing that she had pictured for them. And I was yeah. like, Oh, interesting. Cause like, I didn't really think it was that big of a deal. Cause I don't think he wants to be with Condola, but anyway, enough about that. Right. No, I agree. Yeah. The, I mean, ugh, I hate it when they do like a life changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like why you stopped watching the Mindy project, right? Yeah, it's why I stopped watching. Well, I stopped watching the mini project because um, it felt like they made her life too serious too fast. Yeah. Um, whereas before it was like her audience could relate to her like being young and dating and juggling her work and her dating life and her friends and running around New York City. And then like all of a sudden she has a kid and a husband and you're like, mm-hmm. what? Yeah. Like, I'm not, like, this is not, I cannot relate to this in any way anymore. Like, I don't know. I don't know. 
and because you know it is condola having the baby not isa i i am hopeful that they'll be able to like work through it avoid that um yeah. although yeah it definitely i mean they're gonna have to well, five have to, is either gonna be a really serious season or they're gonna have to speed up time i think for it to to, for them to feel like they're giving closure to all these characters if it was one year mm-hmm. for three seasons like they're gonna I'm have right. to they're gonna have to really speed it along because I do want I do love these characters that I want them to have happy endings like and it doesn't have to be in a relationship or whatever but like I want Molly to like have some sort of internal peace with who she is I want all of these people to end up happy and I think Lawrence and Issa have said over and over again that being together makes them happy I think yeah. the episode in season four was called happy like <laughs> yeah I mean I don't, so, I, I don't don't want to watch like I don't want to watch Issa try to figure out how to be the third wheel to mm-hmm. Lawrence and Condola and Condola's whatever bullshit because we know that you know she said you can be as involved as you want but I am sorry Lawrence is Lawrence also it's 2020 like dads can't just dip anymore like that's mm-hmm. just not what anybody who's like remotely conscious of what's going on is going to do and mm-hmm. definitely I don't think Lawrence would I mean I don't really think no, any Lawrence of the men on like this show would guy. do that no I mean maybe maybe Chad with like a mistress but like no I agree I think all of the guys have their flaws but they're not deadbeat dad flaws right they're like at and... cheating flaws or like ghosting right it's like it just seems like we've come too Ghosting far. Ghosting a girlfriend, not a baby. All <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, it, it, it just seems like everyone's aware that and an fam- absent father figure is like a really big problem because so many people our age did grow up that way with like a dad who was AWOL. So I just feel like, you know, our generation is trying to course correct. And so yeah. I would just find it hard to believe that he's going to disappear because he won't. And so then it's like, what are they going to do? I don't know. It just sounds miserable. And I feel like they've done a, a really good job of kind of um, taking away a lot of stereotypes that like black people in America have faced. And so I just don't think they would make Lawrence a deadbeat dad. Like that's been oh, so sure. played in pop culture. Um to the detriment, I think, of a lot of Black families that I just can't imagine that they would. It'll be interesting. So that's our news is, the only news we have is that it is set to return. um, Fifth and final. The fifth and final. um, And it'll come out probably sometime next year. I did see Carrie Washington posted a thing like where she's directing episode, I think five of this Mm -hmm. season. So I think they're in some sort of pre-production for it, but- um, Mm -hmm. Which is great, but I just don't think it'll come out this year. Probably next spring, that I would seems, guess. I would guess about yeah. a year from now. Um, yeah, that seems realistic. And my non-TV experience, my like just uh, <laughs> armchair expert experience. But okay, last thing, which maybe some of our friends do actually listen for. Um, what is your recommendation to the people this week? Yeah, so um, my recommendation of the week is from another fabulous black woman her name is aurora james and her company is brother bellies it's mainly shoes but um she actually was on the cover of september vogue in a painted portrait aurora is the one who initiated the 15 percent pledge this summer that so many huge brands have jumped onto but her company has been around since 2013 and their Instagram is just sort of a fun follow. If you like fashion and a lot of like huge, huge names 
wear her shoes. They are way too expensive for me sadly. Um, so I've just got to like admire from afar, but um, she makes some really cool stuff like feathers and like crazy colors and stuff. So that is my rec. What is yours? Oh, that's awesome. So I'm taking a lead after you and doing one that's similar to the theme. Cause if not, it would definitely be promising young woman. So I'm going to have two recommendations. I spent $20 on that movie and I would spend $100 on that movie. It was so fucking good. Um, But mine is actually the music from Insecure. It was so outside of my, like what I typically listen to, which is just like 60s and 70s, like folk music or like the Ava Brothers and Dawes. So it was like very outside of what I normally listen to. And it's a lot of the songs are really fucking good and catchy as hell. Um, I've been really enjoying the song far far rock away from this upcoming season but I think at least once an episode I'm like shazamming a song and adding it to (laughs) my library so definitely check out the music from Insecure perfect okay well um thank you everybody this was another long episode you could have watched like practically like half a season (laughs) (laughs) um in this amount of time but um we both really enjoyed this show and um hopefully if you made it this far you did too and uh (laughs) we'll uh, see you guys next week all right Bye. bye